If you thought the market crash was bad in 2022, you're not going to want to miss this video because I'm going to tell you the next coming crash this year. I'm going to give you some evidence of why I think it's coming, the historical proof, as well as my plan to make the most money in the next drop. Subscribe and like the video because we're dropping fire every single week to take traders to the next level. So only serious traders should be subscribing. Right now we have historical inflation. We're going to be going over that. We're going to be going over the Fed funds rate as well as textbook bottoms, the 2000 crash. And then lastly, my bold prediction and my plan to make the most money in this crash. So historical inflation, I'm going to go over this and explain it in depth, tell you past and present and what's happening. But inflation and interest rates go hand in hand. Inflation is the prices of goods rising. So if they rise too fast, which is over 3% a year, then that's money coming out of our pockets. We can't spend as much. When you go to the grocery store, if eggs are $5 and your budget's 60, you can't spend that money on other goods. So you buy less things. And if you everyone in the world buys less things, some companies go out of business, some companies make less money, there has to be job cuts. So it's a trickle down effect when inflation is rampant like it was at the 9% level we saw in August. We haven't seen inflation at high since 1970, which did not stop until I think 1980. So there's about five years of high inflation because we could not control it back then. But the only way to control inflation, if you don't know, is to raise the interest rate, which also takes money out of our park pockets and puts downward pressure on the economy. So if in interest rates go up, mortgage rates go up, which means people can't afford as much of a house. Some people get priced out of the market. And more importantly, you know, it just drains liquidity out of the system. So inflation and the Fed funds rate or the interest rate, they are liquidity producers or liquidity draining mechanisms. So if they're going up, money's not going into the economy. It's coming out. If they're going down, if these factors are going down, money is being piledrived into the economy. So as we see from inflation, around 2% is the Fed target. So every year they want to hit 2 to 3%. And if they are not doing that like they did last year, they were way off. It went 5, 6, 7, 8, 9% for inflation. They need to raise interest rates to drop inflation and combat it. So that's the only way this thing really drops. And again, if you're raising both at the same time, it drains a lot of money out of the whole world and it creates problems that we're seeing right now but we see from the past over here from 1988 till 2009 inflation was around three to five percent which is not terrible you know sometimes it's at four or five and people get worried it's not great to be there but it was pretty controlled at this time and the market you know was on a roller coaster up and down but 2009, we dropped inflation down to two negative 2%, which is insane, deflation. And we had it under 2% for that whole 2009 to 2020 run, which is the greatest run in the stock market we've seen in a long time. It's mostly because inflation was tamed, and more importantly, interest rates were so low. So those are the tailwinds that are just blowing money into the economy, and that's what was happening. But now we're having the reverse, so where we have high inflation and high Fed funds rate, really draining liquidity. So if I pile on the crashes onto the chart with inflation, you can see whenever inflation goes for a run and peaks, that is where we see the economy go into recession. So we were in a recession during 
pretty much this whole run of inflation, but we did peak. So we peaked, which is not good because in the past, whenever you peak in inflation, that's when the market drops. So in 2000, we peaked inflation at 4%. In 2009, we peaked inflation at 5%. In 1991, we peaked inflation at 5%. In 1988, we peaked inflation at 4%. So every time you see a peak, you see a market sell-off, market recession. So we just saw the peak come in in August, and the market's been actually pretty bullish since then, which is a little crazy. But my thesis is, if we stay above 5% and we don't get it under that, we're going to see the market just have downward pressure for a while. It's really going to be hard to get the market to go for a massive run to all-time highs and more with inflation over 5% and the Fed funds rate over 5%. So now we'll dive into the next factor for Fed funds. So this is the interest rate over time. And as you can see, the most important thing is where it's at. So if it's over like four or five percent, it's a lot of downward pressure on the markets, again, draining liquidity. But if you have it at zero or two percent, which we've seen from 2009 to 2022, that was one of the greatest runs in the stock market history, mainly because interest rates were so low. It's like free money. It's the easiest way to borrow and fuel the economy. It's just pouring money, pouring money and creating jobs. Uh, creating businesses because the interest rates are so low. But it gets a little tougher to do those things when interest rates are higher. So it squeezes the market just a little. People can't sustain their companies. They, they can't hire more people. They have to fire people eventually. But the most important thing with this chart and the reason why it's the scariest time right now is because the rate of raising rates is putting more pressure on the economy too because it's been so aggressive. And the Fed said this in their last meeting is they don't know the effects of raising rates too quickly and they don't they think the trickle down effect is probably scarier than the rate itself. And they think again they have to keep raising the rates because inflation is not under their target and it's actually not going down as aggressively as they need to. So I, I think inflation right now is not tamed and not controlled, and they know that. And so it's gonna be a while before we see the Fed get inflation down. So this interest rate, it's still gonna go up after that massive acceleration. And we, we are still not seeing those trickle down effects yet, which tells me they're coming. And so again, this chart here, you can see um, these runs up from 2004 to 2008, that created a crash. So when you accelerate too quickly, the interest rate crash. And over here in 2000, accelerated the rate too quickly, crash. Um, 1970, boom, boom, boom. I don't know the exact numbers on the crashes then, but I just know in the 2000s, the rate hiking was followed by crashes. So as you can see from here, hike, crash, hike, crash, hike, crash, um, hike, crash, and then some hiking right here, crashing, crashing. It's a good evidence piece to find the future crash coming, which I think is going to happen later this year. The other reason why I think the market has not bottomed is it because it didn't make a textbook bottom. If you study charts and you trade full time like I do, you know the best times to get in for reversals and you know when the market is going to um, be, a, be, be a good buying opportunity or a trade is a good entry point. So this is what I look for is two things, the V bottom and the double bottom. Those are typically the only two ways you can bottom in a setup with the statistical edge 
to continue higher and not revisit those lows for a long time. Like true bottoms, the ones that we end up making new highs from. We did not have that in the markets. In the V bottom, I'll go through this, was COVID. And it was in the past. We've had a lot of V bottoms in 2008 and 2000. The V bottom is sharp selling that defies all the indicators. When your RSI is at oversold, when my indicators are oversold, and it keeps selling, because of the volume being so high and the readings being defied, that is how the V bottom is created. So capitulation volume, capitulation selling, and eventually when you see the bottom come in, it's a slow grind higher and it doesn't look back. The V bottom is one of the best bottoms out there. I like it the most and it's way better than the second one I'm gonna show you. Because the double bottom, while it's great, it doesn't have that massive run potential that the V bottom does because it lacks that capitulation volume. So it's a slower grind, it takes a long time to really bottom out, but the double bottom is in 2016. So the best example for SPY is in 2016 that I'm showing you, where you had the sharp sell-off capitulation, but the volume really wasn't large, even in this selling, even in this pop, even in this selling, it wasn't large. So how do you recognize a double bottom properly? Number one, you need divergence. So right here on the market mover indicator, which is free for everyone inside my Discord, this is an exaggerated divergent reading. This also could be a higher low. This also could be bullish divergence where the indicator goes higher than the last reading. But we have here what we see as an equal bottom. So the, a double touch to the last low. And we can also have a double bottom being a higher low. So it doesn't have to be the same exact bottom level. The next bottom could be just slightly higher. And if as long as we have close enough, you know, some peakish volume on that selling and then dying off volume, that's how we know those double bottoms are going to hold and continue to run. If we look at the market just yesterday, we can see V bottom, V bottom, V bottom. Like there's no better bottoms than the V bottoms. I love them because they're so violent and the runs after are so clean. So you can see there's not even volume. There's not even any other indicators on the screen. If you just read the candles properly, the V bottoms can make you so much money. And over here today on SPY, you're gonna notice the double bottoms. So the V bottoms were yesterday in SPY for the one minute chart. On the one minute chart here is double bottoms, double bottom, double bottom, double bottom. Again, clean bottoms. There's, if you look at the, the reversals for SPY here, there wasn't really any other bottoms that weren't a V bottom or a double bottom. So when I say it's the best bottom in the market, I'm saying bottoms a lot right now, but it's true. And there's not many other bottoms that ever appear as this consistent. And if you really want to play bottoms with the highest probable win rate, these are the two I use. To my point, again, we haven't seen SPY give us a true bottom. So now let's talk about 2000. Take it back to maybe when you were not even born, you younglings. But we have right now the PE-Schiller ratio. PE ratio of a lot of the stocks in the market as an average hit a peak at 40. The last time we hit a peak was the dot-com bubble. So there was too much money, low interest rates, and that created this bubble of stocks. And this also translated to a lot of other sectors, which we'll talk about. But high valuations 
are not good for investors and they're not good to be buying into long term because contractions can happen and when the contractions happen, it takes a long time to get your stocks that were overvalued to hit all-time highs. Again, I'll show you an example in a second, but right here for SPY in 2000, that's what we're dissecting, we went for a 300% run from a six-year move from 1994 to 2000. Six years, 200%. Again, mostly fueled by the internet, the tech stocks, and the bubble. The bubble was formed. If you haven't yet, by the way, I have all my best setups inside my Bulletproof Setups books, which you can grab with the link below or on my website, marketmovesmat.com. You'll get four books and an audio book. So if you're a trader that wants good setups and wants to take their trading to the next level, check them out. But after the six-year bull run, we went for a three-year retracement, which was a 46% decline on the SPY. We're not even close to that right now for SPY, which shows you the potential for the next drop. So three years long on a sell-off, Right now for the market, we're at maybe a year and a half for this bear recession. We still have halfway to go if this is similar to 2000. And then once we hit all-time highs again in 2000 from the 2000 recession, that took 75 bars, 2,000 days. We didn't hit a new high for seven years. So can you imagine waiting seven years to make money on your investments, especially if you bought tech stocks and internet stocks at all-time highs? It must be horrifying. And guess what happened in the last two years? The most IPOs in history got released and listed on the exchanges. The most SPACs in history got released in 2020, 2021. The amount of SPACs and IPOs that came out, it, it's a huge signal for market tops in major recessions because that's where there's too much money. People are getting too cocky. They're throwing money everywhere. They're making money on the stupidest stuff. And that's the bubble formed in the, the highest sense here. So when we see those, all those IPOs, all those SPACs, all that means is the valuations were so high. And now we're having a major contraction on everything because people, you know, they weren't getting excited buying Pepsi. They had to go buy DraftKings because that's what they felt was going to be a thousand percent or in the next two weeks. So there was just the bubble right now, the bubble popping. And here's the best example I got for what's going to happen in the next five years for tech stocks and for growth stocks. So DraftKings, the example I just talked about, will it make an all-time high? If we go back to 2000, Apple ran for 400% in like one year and then dropped 80%. We've seen this. It's happening right now. Arc is down like 80%. Palantir is down 80%. Neo is down like 80%. Everything's down lots of percentages just because there's a valuation contraction and because of the high inflation, high interest rate, it's gonna be a while till these things go back to all time highs. We see this sideways move for Apple go from 2001 to 2004. It's three years sideways after the 80% drop. So you cannot be excited buying some of these big names right now that the popular names like AMC and GME, you can't be excited now knowing that you have to wait this long to see all-time highs again, maybe, if you pick the right stock. Some stocks never came back from the 2000 crash. So with Apple, again, hit like seven years till all-time highs, and then 
from there went like on a 2000% run, you know, one of the best stocks to own in history, but you had to be patient. So my thesis right now is with inflation remaining elevated, it's not good for the markets. Rate hikes are still coming. It's not good for the markets. We haven't seen a textbook bottom. Not good for a market run. We also very similar to a 2000 crash, which means this is going to be a long, long time before we see all those high PE ratios, growth names hit all time highs. If you haven't yet, join us for our full time trader challenge inside the Discord, which is going to help you level up as a trader and I will pay you to hit some challenges, including paper trading and spread trading. I'm going to help you get started out in trading the right way. If you want to grab the 15 day free link, hit the link in the bio here. And we'll wrap this up with my conclusion and my plan. The conclusion is long and sideways market especially for the growth names. A possible secondary run for SPY coming to 430. While I'm bearish in the long term, we've seen a lot of recessions run in, in the middle of a recession 30 to 50%. So it's not unlike and it's not uncommon to get a good sizable bull run in a mid-recession. So we could see this in the next two months. Also, I think it's highly not very likely, but it's possible. So I wouldn't be scared holding bearish positions and puts into this run. The second drop is coming, in my opinion. It should happen in the next four to eight months. I think SPY hits the lows of last year, if not lower. And I also think that's going to be 2025, 2026. That's the time frame I see all those high PE stocks and growth stocks hit all-time highs again. So you have to wait three, four, even six years, depending on the stocks you pick. And my plan right now is to stay cash heavy. There's no better investment right now than just holding your cash. I know people say with inflation, you shouldn't be holding cash. But with the market, having the ability to crash 30 to 40% again, Cash is the best investment right now, in my opinion. But if I had to put my money to work, this is what I do. I'm short on, I'm getting a short bias, trying to scale into Tesla and NVIDIA and Bitcoin short positions, um, ARC short positions using the leveraged ETFs. So for Tesla, it's the TSLQ or TS, yeah, TSLQ, NVIDIA is the NVDS, and Bitcoin is the BITI. Those are short ETFs, so you buy them. They go up when the things drop. So you don't have to short the things, but you can have that leverage from it. I'm also selling puts on those things because I can't time the market. But if I have my bias, I'd rather sell puts on it than just be holding stock all the time, especially in this volatility. So for example, Biddy, I'm selling puts on Biddy. Um, I made $2,000 selling puts in the last 30 days, just rolling that over for the next month. So I have another $2,000 cash secured put position on Biddy for March. So if, if Biddy just stays above, I think 28, I make $2,000. And what I'm going to be doing is looking for the very vicious and ferocious drops in the market and be buying dips on AI stocks. That's probably the one sector I believe in the most and the sector I made the most money in this year so far. So AI and Palantir had some great runs and been playing those really, really closely. So selling a lot of puts on them as well because IV is high and the options are paying massive amounts of money. So premiums, insane. Like AI right now is paying 10% a month. Every 30 days, you can make 10% 
at this rate. So I'm going to continue doing that. And that's my plan, fam. Again, here's the chart. You can see low volume, not over the average on this whole sell-off. We're seeing even low volume on this pop recently, and we don't see a double bottom. We don't see a V bottom. We still have a lot of evidence to say this is going lower. So be careful out there. Hopefully this helps you out. Like and subscribe. If this did, we'd love to help traders get out there and start crushing the markets. And if you want to, grab that 15 free days with me. Hit the link below. We'd love to trade this recession with you. Peace out. Have a great day, traders.